Welcome to the Under Grace Podcast. This podcast covers everything related to Jesus Christ, Yeshua, God, or Jehovah. God represents all things pure, holy, righteous, just, praiseworthy. The list goes on and on. Every human is a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is the punishment for sins? An eternity apart from our Creator, hell. We are nothing without God, and He offered His very own Son as a sacrifice for our sins in place of what we deserve. Romans 6.14 says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Aren't you glad that we are no longer under law? If I still was, I'd be in a completely different place than where I am now. Grace is undeserved, God-given help offered to us for our renewal or purification or forgiveness. Still with me here? Good. Thank you for your time. So sit back and enjoy God's grace. Welcome, Undergrace listeners. This is the second post about the truth of the Bible. In order to get the true meaning behind what I've been building up to in this episode, it'll be really beneficial for you to listen to the previous post. Part 1. Is the Bible 100% accurate or was most of it made up? In that episode, I argued for the fact that the Bible was not a creation of man or an illusion of a made-up deity. A strong attempt was made to develop tangible evidence based on logic, reason, clarity, and scientific and archaeological evidence. Once that has been established and taken as fact, one is now ready to listen to this episode. Believing in God is the first step, the first episode. Trusting in Him and following Him has to be the next step. That would be this episode. And now, a word from our sponsor. We all depend on our cell phones, laptops, tablets, computers, and other devices. They are the lifeblood of a business. They store priceless information. They help us with school assignments. They keep us in touch with friends and loved ones. They keep us on time to appointments or remind us of important dates. One of the most frustrating and sometimes devastating things is when one of your devices doesn't function as well anymore or even completely stops working. This is where Integrity Device Repair comes to the rescue. Integrity Device Repair is a concierge device repair company that can set up and fix your smartphone, tablet, Mac or PC, smartwatch, gaming console or music player and help you master it. They can help in selected stores or over the phone. Their down-to-earth and professional technicians will physically meet you anywhere in the state of Colorado, whether it be where you work or live. Pick a location and they'll be there, rain, snow or shine. Are you outside of Colorado? No problem. Simply mail your device in and Integrity Device Repair will take care of it. Cracked screens, water damage, speaker issues, no signal, device rebuilds, or battery issues. No job is too difficult for integrity device repair. Do you need a new case for your cell phone, a flash drive, a Bluetooth headset, the latest laptop or cellular device? Integrity Device Repair offers competitive prices for all these as well. Contact Integrity Device Repair at idrtech.us. That's idrtech.us. They have the highest ratings on Google and many satisfied customer testimonials. As a promotional opportunity, exclusively for listeners of this podcast, enter the word UNDRGRCE in all caps into the message section under customer support and receive a 10% discount on your purchase. Try Integrity Device Repair and they will live up to their honest reputation with their fair pricing and flexible schedule. Integrity Device Repair. They can fix it almost as fast as you can break it. The first question that must be asked is, if the Bible is 100% accurate, How can I heed and follow its message? 
This is a topic that can be debated many times over. So I'm going to avoid that dispute and share my own personal view on this particular matter. People have their theories, and they believe based on the results of what they or others have experienced. This is similar to the scientific method. From those theories, conclusions are drawn. So what began as an idea or a hypothesis has turned into a theory, which has been converted into tangible evidence of which most people believe to be absolutely true. The words in the Bible that must be heeded, followed and applied to one's life must be taken by faith alone. This is totally opposite from the tangible evidence of the scientific method. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Many times people search for the hard evidence as to why they should follow what is written down in scripture. However, others choose to accept, by faith, that the Bible and its message comes from supernatural, godly intervention and is inspired by the Holy Spirit. For centuries, there have been countless debates and arguments from a philosophical point of view by those who disbelieve the Bible's truth using human logic and worldly wisdom. Here at the Undergrace Podcast, we believe in the deity of God and in his triunity or trinity of three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They have divinely created mankind in their image. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Notice the words us and our, not me or my. This points to a tri-unity God, not a soul-existing single personality. It's hard for the human mind to wrap around the idea that God is one God, but also is three persons at the same time. People who don't believe that the doctrine of the Trinity is true cannot truly heed and follow the Bible. God eternally exists as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This was most completely seen in Matthew 3, 16-17. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. In this passage, we see God revealed in three separate persons. Jesus, the Son who was being baptized, the Holy Spirit who was descending like a dove upon Jesus, and God the Father who was speaking from heaven. The truth is that no human mind in its own logic and wisdom can fully embrace, understand, or comprehend God in his infinite character. For he exalts his word above his name. Psalm 138 verse 2. God is a triunity with each person of the Godhead, equally, fully, and eternally God. This is found in Acts 17.29, Romans 1.20, and Colossians 1.9. Each is necessary and each is distinct, and yet all are still one. The nature of each member of the Trinity means that each person has a specific essence of awareness and consciousness. In this manner, they associate to each other individually. The Father views himself as I while he sees the Son and Holy Spirit as you. In the same way, the Son regards himself as I, in John 10, verse 30, but the Father and the Holy Spirit as you, in John 14, 26. Each member of the Trinity is independent from the others, but never acts alone. They are one in nature and purpose. The three persons appear in a logical, casual order. The Father is the unseen, omnipresent source of all being, revealed in and by God the Son, Jesus Christ, experienced in and by God the Holy Spirit. The Son proceeds from the Father, and the Spirit 
proceeds from the Son. In reference to God's creation, the Father is the thought behind it. The Son is the Word, John 1 verse 14, calling it forth, and the Spirit is the deed, making it a reality. We are shown in faith, God, and his great salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, 1 John 5.11. Then we must experience him by faith through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6.19-20. Let us take a look at how some of the first Christians experienced God and heeded and followed Jesus' word after his resurrection. The Hallucination Theory the hallucination theory says all of Christ's post-resurrection appearances were really only supposed appearances, that his followers only had hallucinations. In other words, if one believes this, all of the post-resurrection appearances can be dismissed, right? Let's look at it from another angle. How could so many people have hallucinations, especially 500 at one time, in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6? The appearances happened under different conditions and were spread out over different times. Furthermore, the disciples were reluctant to believe in the resurrection in the first place. They were blinded in their own self-doubt that the resurrection even happened. Let's look at three scriptures in the Gospels that show this unbelief. Mark 16, 11-16, the unbelief of the apostles says, And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, referring to Mary Magdalene, they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them, the disciples, as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he, Jesus, appeared to the eleven, this is minus Judas Iscariot, as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Luke 24, verse 11 through 12, Peter seeks proof. Here he says, And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. John 20, 24 through 30 which talks about doubting Thomas, says, Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my sides, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book. The hallucination theory is simply not plausible because it contradicts laws and principles which psychiatrists say are essential to hallucinations. Psychiatrists have claimed that only certain kinds of people have hallucinations. These are usually high-strung, highly imaginative, and very nervous people. In fact, usually only paranoid or schizophrenic individuals have hallucinations. 
Hallucinations only appear during psychotic episodes. But Christ appeared to many different types of people. His appearances were not restricted to people of any particular psychological makeup. Hallucinations are linked to an individual's subconscious, to their particular past experiences, and Jesus' resurrection was certainly not a part of any past experience because it had never happened before. Hallucinations are usually restricted to when and where they occur. They usually happen in a nostalgic atmosphere or in a place of familiar surroundings, which places the person in a reminiscing mood. They occur in people when there is a spirit of anticipation or hopeful expectation. In the Bible, no such anticipation existed. The disciples were prone to disbelieve even after they were told of the resurrection. However, the disciples eventually came around and believed in Christ's resurrection and were physically there when he ascended into heaven on the Mount of Olives. How can I heed and follow the word of God? As a professing believer and disciple of Jesus, I love and adore him. He is my God. He is my salvation, faithful King, Messiah, and Savior. In short, this is my testimony. In all of my lifetime, even when I was absent from walking with Jesus in his truth, he never left me nor abandoned me. God is the author and finisher of my faith. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Since God is sovereign, the Bible is the absolute truth. God is also the perfect gentleman. He is never going to force himself upon anyone. He has given us a free will where we could choose to follow him or not. He's also the ultimate source of everything good. I'm sure you've heard of people teach about the truth of the gospel. Regardless of whether or not you believe you need to heed and follow the Bible, one thing is for certain. Death will eventually claim everyone. Death is not discriminatory from one person to another. One day, every human will find out the ultimate truth. Is there life after death? Or does one just die and that's it? How much faith do you have that there is nothing after death? Atheists actually have to have more faith than Christians. They have to believe so strongly that there is absolutely no God and there is no eternity. Do you have that much faith? I sure don't. Wouldn't you rather err on the safe side and know that if there is an eternity, it is secure in Jesus? Wouldn't you rather Jesus say to you, Blessed are you because you have not seen and yet have believed. Those who follow Jesus live by faith, but God directs his wrath towards ungodliness and unrighteousness. Notice that God's anger isn't against the people who are ungodly and unrighteous, but only on their actions, their behavior. Romans 1, 16-32 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, 
and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lusts of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So it is up to every individual to believe in the supernatural power of the Bible, its truth and accuracy. Some believe that the Bible is either 0%, 25%, 99.9%, or 100% accurate. Everyone has the responsibility to figure out for themselves whether or not all scripture is true or if all of it is false. There's no in-between. There's no middle ground. All one has to do to see if there's a God is to look at his creation. Consider the simplest of organisms, the mycoplasm genitalium. Scientists took a group of 128 computers running for 9 to 10 hours to create the information on the 25 classifications of molecules that were associated with the cell's life cycle. One of the scientists stated, The depth and breadth of cellular complexity has turned out to be nearly unbelievable and difficult to manage. How can this simple cell exist as a result of evolution? Think about that for a moment. Many modern scientists are baffled and mystified by how life actually began. They can't point to a specific missing link that can prove Darwin's theory of evolution. The most concern I have is for those who go such great distances to try and believe the Bible is wrong, or that there are inaccuracies in scripture. Why would that person go to such great distances to prove their point and theories? If they don't care what others think, why not just leave it alone? The gospel is simply this. Jesus will forgive all of your sins if you come to him humbly and lay down at his feet and say, You are the Lord, and I will follow you for the rest of my life on earth so that I can have the rest of eternity with you in the glory of your Father. The gospel message is so simple that even a child can follow it. These are the scriptures you can follow in your road to salvation. Number one, you must first know that God loves you. John 3.16-17 2. God has a wonderful plan for your life. John 10.10 10. 3. We are separated from God because of our sins. Romans 3.23 4. The penalty of sin is death. Romans 6.23 5. However, that penalty was paid for by Jesus on the cross. Romans 5.8 Finally, we must repent of our sin, trust Jesus, and be saved from those sins. Romans 10.13 10, 9 through 10, and 1 John 1, 9. 
If you have followed those scriptures and pray to God to forgive you, you will truly become a Christian. However, it doesn't end there. After you've given your heart to Christ, you must now continue to follow and pursue him. It will be helpful to fellowship with other Christians by joining a local church and getting involved in serving or becoming part of a small group. With this commitment comes water baptism, although that's not necessary for salvation, Bible study, daily prayer, and discipleship. After you have transformed from a new Christian to a mature Christian, it will be necessary to lead others to salvation in Jesus. I used to attend Summit Church in Centennial, Colorado. Their mission statement or purpose was this, reach, raise, release. That means to reach those far from God, raise them up in Christ, and release them for his mission. This is the Great Commission found in Matthew 28, 16-20. I will end with this. One of the greatest messages I've ever heard about heeding and following scripture was through Keith Green, a Christian musician and evangelist in the 70s and 80s. He's quoted by saying, You know, I can't explain to you really how he does it, but he proved himself to me in such a holy way, such a complete way, that I'd die for that faith, and I'd die for that belief, because it is more than a belief. He lives in my heart, and that's the only proof. It's the only proof that I could give you because he lives in my heart. Most people who knew me before didn't know that I could believe something so strong. Most people don't find out till it's too late that somebody has to pay the price. You can pay it yourself <laughs> or let someone else. But who would be that nice to pay a debt that isn't his? Well, I know someone like that. And he's your best friend. He really is. He really loves you. Most people don't find out till they're half dead that they need another life. You say you've heard everything that's ever been said about the way, the truth, the life. You say you've heard lots of preaching all before, so many times, but did you ever open up your door and give him a chance to prove himself that he was real or not? I hope you find out before it's too late that there's really nobody else. You know, it's breaking his heart the longer you wait, because you've only been lying to yourself, because you know no one else believes a thing you say. Not even you. You know you're going to find out that he's the way, no matter which way you choose. But I pray that you find out by his love for you. <laughs>